Hello and welcome to the Eternal Leadership Podcast. Our entire mission is to help you live on purpose, with purpose, and connect to the exact work that God has prepared for you and called for you to do. And I want to let everybody know out there that my book, you might have heard about it, it's coming out April 27th. It's called On Purpose, With Purpose, Discovering Your Best Life Now. And I would love for you to be a part of our launch team. We want to create a movement because here's, here's what I believe. You know, we all hear about the why, the what, and the how. But what is absolutely foundational, what has to precede being able to connect to that, including our purpose and everything else, our calling is who we are. Not who we see in the mirror, but who God made us to be. And this book is about that entire journey. We're getting incredible feedback. So here's what happens. I'll just make this quick. Join the launch team. You just go to beyondinfluence.com forward slash book. You're going to get a free copy, a digital copy of the book. It's normally $16.99 when it's going to be on Amazon. Uh, you're going to get access to some uh, some of my courses. We got some great surprises. Also, the only thing I'd like you to do as part of the launch team is just order a copy of the book, lead us a review, and share some of the stuff that we're going to be putting on social media. So we just want to make an impact out there. So please join the On Purpose With Purpose launch team. And as a part of that circle of champions, we got some other great stuff uh, in store for you. So with that, we are, uh, we have a great episode for you coming up next. All right, everybody, just imagine a world where you go into work on Monday morning, and you can't wait to get there. Why? Because the people you work with are friends, because you're doing important work, because the person that you work for, you know, cares about you. They have your best interest at heart. They're making good decisions. They give you really candid feedback, but you know it's from a place of encouraging you. They want the best for you and the organization, right? I believe that we have an ability, especially as Christians, to show up in the marketplace and lead in such a way that we value people, the uniqueness of every single human and through that, that starts this ripple effect of not only just creating great places to work, but it changes our families, it changes our communities, it gets people involved in different causes in our cities. And I really believe that one person or even a small group of people who are committed to starting to do some things differently in partnership with God can transform a small group. It starts locally then it can grow regionally, that can even grow nationally. So I really think, guys, the exciting thing is one person has the ability to actually change a nation, but it all starts with a lot of little small steps. And I got introduced uh, from a friend of mine, Matt McWilliams, who I know through Michael Hyatt and uh, to Trevor Blattner. And Trevor, welcome to the podcast. John, thanks so much for having me. I uh, First of all, I want to thank you for opening this with prayer. It's a unique aspect of your show that I think immediately makes me feel right at home. So I just wanted to, to acknowledge you for doing that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Everybody listening. We always pray before I hit record and, and it's Dr. Trevor Blattner. Um, <laughs> it is. Yes. Yeah. I, I barely got out of college. I do have my bachelor's, <laughs> but you know, I have considered it. It has been in the back of my head to go back and get a master's. A friend of mine, he's a retired army general. He is just finishing up his doctoral in leadership at Liberty University. And he oh, said wow. it's absolutely yeah. been a blast. The whole journey, 
everything. But um, a little background about uh, Trevor, everybody, and is a business coach, author, and you are, uh, I love this concept of what I call a thought leader. So here's how I define a thought leader, Trevor. Mm -hmm. That's somebody who's actually talking about things that you can't go to Google and find. <laughs> it's the stuff that's going to be on Google. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah, you have absolutely. come up with this concept, and this is why I wanted to have you on around shepherd leadership when Matt approached, because uh, it's so in line with what I see works in companies mm -hmm. and really where we need to, to go. And what that is, is how do we address really the unique value of each person? How do we address, I think, this amazingly accelerated and rapid pace of change? The world right now is more complex than it's ever been. And I think some of the leadership challenges that are in front of us are even going to be even more difficult than we went through last year. Mm -hmm. Okay, So your focus is to help grow leaders and organization dedicated to truth, justice, and human dignity. And your book is coming out very soon. It's called Redefining the Top 1%. You also have an amazing – guys, if you want another awesome podcast to add to your listening rotation, just look up Trevor Blattner and Top 1% you're going to have a great podcast, trust me. And you talk about this model of leadership that you've, you've put together that breaks free of antiquated and regressive notions. I'm just going to read this here from your book of mm -hmm. what it means to lead. This enlightened approach to leadership is based on behavioral science, personal experience, and a strong commitment to personal values. So Trevor, guys, Trevor has tremendous success in business, seven-figure companies, married, three amazing kids, and he's really intelligent because he just came out here to Colorado to do some skiing. So he knows good place. He lives in just the, got back, actually. Just yeah. got back. So with that little bit, uh, there's clearly a focus and a passion behind this as a topic. So before we dig into the details, what is where did this form? Because I think mm -hmm. hearing our stories about how we connected to our purpose, a passion, a calling, I think is always really helpful for people. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for the, the kind introduction. Very, very kind of you. But um, this has been a little bit of a journey personally for me. So I, uh, I was in school a really long time. You know, I, I'm an endodontist uh, by training, so I've got my own practice. And that takes about 11 years uh, post high school, you know, to go to, you know, college, dental school, residency and, and the like. And throughout that well, And as a journey, side note. My yeah. accident that my audience is familiar with, I, I mm -hmm. had eight teeth damaged and, <laughs> and had seven root canals. So, so you, spent, you know firsthand. Oh, my goodness. I have spent so many chair hours in an endodontist's office. And I got to tell you, mm -hmm. I think I've seen every dental specialty. You probably have. Everyone. Yeah, you've probably, you probably even done prosthodontics. If I had I did. Guess. I got implants. I got everything, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah. uh, you guys are awesome. <laughs> Well, very, thank I'm you. I'm glad there's people that chose to do that because that's way beyond my head. But anyway, go ahead. You're no, no, that, no. That's great because um, uh, very relevant actually to the day in and day out of what we what we're doing here. So you know, when I was in college, I think like most kids, you know, you grow up. I did grow up in a a Christian home, you know, with with a, enough background to have had that foundational knowledge of of Christianity. Uh, but then you go away to school, and I went to the University of Kansas, which is a great university, um, but it's a public university, and there's a very strong uh, liberal uh, 
you know, overtone, a progressive overtone to the education there. And most kids um, statistically at that point in their lives, you know, have a crisis of faith, you know? And so I was very similar to many in that that was a point in my life where I had to kind of make the decision to either walk away from my faith or dig in and do the hard work of learning what I really believe. And if I really do believe that Jesus Christ is the one and only son of God and that um, there is one God of the universe and, and how that all comes together to be an important part of life. And so I started to dig in, read books like Mere Christianity uh, by C.S. Lewis, read some of Francis Schaeffer's stuff. Um, and I, you know, dug into Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, which the audience may be familiar with, studied some of the great works and just try to figure out, do I believe any of this stuff or not? And, you know, over the course of uh, about five or six years of studying that, it took me into a, in a direction of really wanting to share that knowledge with others. And it took a few years of getting through my education, getting into practice, building a business of my own to figure out how that could actually play out. And so once I got into practice about eight years ago, you know, I really just started the practice with myself and one other person. And uh, it was a startup, so we weren't sure how quickly the practice would grow. Fortunately, um, it did grow quickly. And so the team has expanded quite a bit since that time. And I found that the most rewarding and enjoyable part of having a practice is the people and the ability as the leader to have a mentorship role, to have an ability to guide and protect and mentor those that are a part of the team. And of course, I wanted to do that at the very best you know, capacity that I could. And so about six years ago, we were talking before this, I joined the John Maxwell team, actually, just wanting to to learn more about leadership, uh, you know, personally went down that road and then started my own podcast about three years ago. And it's sort of evolved into, uh, you know, what I view as kind of a life mission to use whatever platform God gives me to be able to share truth and, uh, virtue in the lives of the people that I have had the ability to come in contact with. And I think fundamentally that's really what leadership is, is, um, how can you be a person and represent something in the world that other people resonate with and, and have a desire to be a part of? And I think that that's where it starts. Um, and so that in a nutshell is it's kind of where we are. And so the book is an outworking of just the desire to, uh, to want to touch the lives of others so that then they can uh, build their own leadership skills and spread good things in the world. And frankly, combat some of the more more difficult to navigate forces that we're dealing with. Mm. Um, and just to add to that, I, in 2019, I, I read this article, and I think maybe this was like the, the launching off point of me really diving in. Um, it, was a, it was by a man, uh, by a guy named Rich Lowry, that, were, that is a talented writer for the Washington Post. And uh, you may be familiar with the article, but he was discussing that in, in the article it says there's a decline in life expectancy and it's not, not just hitting older Americans who are still making improvements, but is cutting down people in the prime of their lives, ages 25 to 64. And the odds that a 32-year-old will die in a given year rose by almost 25% between 2012 and 2014 and 2015 and 2017. And he ends the article by saying, this suggests that something is profoundly wrong with the State of the Union, although it doesn't receive the attention and debate it deserves. 
and actually the pastor of the church that I go to brought that up in one of the sermons, uh, brought that article up. And it was, it was to me the moment when I thought, you know, there is an issue here. There is a challenge we're dealing with, with mental health and with self-worth and with, you know, a victimhood mentality in our country that is affecting us profoundly. And it's not just the older demographic and it's not just those that uh, socioeconomically are at a, at a lower level, but it's affecting everyone all, the, all across the board. That's something that I feel, you know, on my heart tugging that I want to do whatever I can to help combat that. And so that's part of this project. Yeah, you know, I see that as I talk to people, work with teams, work with companies, and I've been actually trying to find, because it's in my head, maybe you know, I read somewhere that it's less than 15% of people when polled, and I can't remember whether it was Gallup or Barna, Mm -hmm. have a connection to a sense of purpose in their life. It's Mm -hmm. very small. And I think- That may be a Jim Clifton uh, stat from Gallup. Yeah, mm-hmm. I need to actually put my finger on it. But think about that. How many, you know, I think most people when, they at, when they're asked, you know, do you know your purpose? Mm-hmm. They'll say, I don't, but I sure want to. Right. But I have no idea how to connect to it. Mm-hmm. That's the reason I, you know, the work that I do. And you know what, though, you, uh, you use a different word than others. And I want the, you don't call it servant leadership as you go through your book and your habits, right? right. You call it shepherd leadership. Mm-hmm. So servant shepherd, what's the difference? That's a great question. Well, I think in servitude or servanthood is um, certainly a, a big aspect of shepherd leadership. I think the one, uh, well, first of all, the archetype, you know, for a shepherd leader, of course, is, is Jesus Christ himself. And so we kind of look at the life of Christ and what he represented, you know, what, what is it that he was trying to model, you know, for us as leaders. And um, certainly, you know, he was a servant in, in every capacity, but he's all, he was also a mentor and a sharer of knowledge and a guide. He modeled the way for the disciples and ultimately the world to live life. And also, you know, a shepherd in a practical sense is a protector and someone that will, um, you know, if necessary, lay down one's life to protect uh, the flock. And in our in the business world, that means, you know, are we willing to sacrifice and, and put ourselves below the needs and challenges of the team in order to push them ahead? And I think to me, that's an added element. Well, yeah, you um, think about what in the scripture, right? It says there is no yeah. greater love, right, than give up your life for another man, right, right. or another person. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's always struck me. A friend of mine, Ford Taylor, as he was talking to me once about that verse, he goes, "What if it didn't mean your physical life? What if that meant your own agenda? Mm. If you're a CEO, you're a manager. What if you said?" you know what, I'm going to build my success on the success of everybody around me because a rising tide lifts all boats. <laughs> this was actually taught to me when I was first in the military by one of the best leaders I've ever worked for. But And that's always been my philosophy. If I have a team or I'm even a peer on a team and I can do my work with excellence but help everybody else around me do something every day that just helps them personally and helps the team and helps the company, guess what? I think you're going to do really well over time. Mm-hmm. 
and you are just going to blow past people and you're never going to have to be nasty or step on somebody or be conniving and all, all that stuff that we hate about business, but we all know exists. And you know what? You just opt out. Yeah. That's my opinion. It's, it, and you it's guess a, what? It's, it's worked my whole life. Yeah, absolutely. And you've seen it firsthand in the people that you work with and, and in your own businesses. And I think there's this misconception that, um, you know, I think it has been a generational evolution, but for many years, the command and control style of leadership was the gold standard. And I think that maybe that, that maybe has some roots in uh, the military world. And there certainly is an element of effectiveness to that. But I think as a long-term strategy, you know, to really invest and put your own heart and soul into the people that are on your team and help, help them to know unequivocally without a shadow of a doubt that you have their back, that you, you desire for the best for them inside and outside the office. Uh, in my experience, that, that makes all the difference in the world. I mean, you know, people want to follow your lead if you're that type of person. And it's, it really does boil down to, um, and this is really what the essence of the book is, how do you want to be? You know, how and who do you want to be from moment to moment each day? Um, and who do you need to be so that the people that are watching you are motivated by you and given energy by your behavior rather than the opposite, you know, rather than being intimidated by you or robbed of energy, how can you make it to where they're excited to come to work and help build the organization so that everyone, as you said, everyone can be more successful. You know, it made me think Trevor, like, I think, okay, I know I'm not there now. And so I know I, I need to make some changes. I was just thinking <laughs> to my head, you know what? Think about those people you work with that work either alongside you or that you've worked for that just drive you crazy, you know, keep you up at night, create, sure. create stress. Just don't be that person. <laughs> so here's the deal. You got to look in the mirror and allow yourself to get some feedback. You have to allow yourself to stop judging yourself. You have to give yourself permission to actually kind of look in the mirror differently. And the hard part for me going through that process was actually looking at all the results in my life and taking personal responsibility for how I think, mm. how I feel and the emotions that I have in different situations. Cause I'm doing that. I can't say, well, he made me mad or when Trevor, you know, just dismissed my idea, you know, he ticked me off. Well, no, you, <laughs> I chose in that moment to do that. And then guess what? I also have to take responsibility for my actions. Like you talked mm. about, Mm -hmm. You know, the being, because the being informs that doing. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, it's a process. Oh, and no I doubt. love how you broke this down in seven habits that all build on each other. Because, you know, the hard thing is when we're talking about personal change to be more effective. Mm -hmm. Well, I was like, hey, well, where do we start? Like, yeah. what's first? What's second? What's third? I mean, you start uncovering a little bit about what is that best version of myself? And if I became that person, what would that do for me? Wow, I could have an amazing marriage. Mm -hmm. I could have this incredible relationship with my kids. I could enjoy going to work. You know, I mean, there's so much that would flow from that. So, you know, as you looked at that and went through this, what, because you write about it, what mm -hmm. is that first habit that everything else builds off of, Trevor? Yeah, and I think you'll agree with this one um, in terms of the kind of the foundational first step. And, 
in the book, the, the have the behavior is called embrace radical responsibility. And so, um, Oh no, no. Yeah. You lost me there. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> what, you know, this comes from a lot of different places, but you know, I'm a scientist by training and, and that's the way my mind thinks. And so I, I really want to dig into the evidence about, you know, why do these behaviors work and why do they make sense? And the one that one of the pieces of bringing this initial behavior into place was a psychologist you probably heard of named Alfred Adler. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so he was uh, somewhat of a contemporary of Freud and uh, a little bit before Carl Jung. And he had a fundamentally different approach to psychology from Freud. Freud's ideas, of course, were everything is based on past trauma, you know, some sort of of injustice you've dealt with or some challenge you've had in your past that dictates the way that you behave currently. Um, And you see, you've got to figure those things out and deal with them. Adler's fundamentally opposed to that. And his approach was what he called teleological, um, meaning that every behavior you have is based on a purpose that you're working to achieve. And so, um, he says that any behavior that we have that's a negative addiction, for example, we're doing that because there's some bigger purpose or bigger goal that that's serving in some way. And so as you go forward and kind of really study this deeper, it comes down to, you know, coming to grips with the fact that every behavior that you have, every uh, particular quirk maybe that you have about your personality that holds you back is ultimately within your control to decide whether or not you're going to deal with it and, and make it a positive rather than a negative. Um, and so that's really, and in the book, the way that I, the way that I help people kind of through this is through exercises. So one of the first exercises in the book, for example, is to look at previous, uh, something called imprinting, you know, s- things in your, your childhood that have helped along the development of your personality that you currently have. And so you go through these exercises and you journal and write about things in your past that have shaped who you are now. And then it allows you to sort of see them objectively and then make the decision to deal with them. And so that's kind of where the book starts. And so the first one is, is embrace radical responsibility. Then we move on to uh, what I call uh, recognize and optimize your higher self, which really is in, in a sense, a spiritual understanding of the fact that we've really got two selves in each decision that we make. We've got a higher self, which is in tune with God. And then we've got a primal self, I call it, which is sort of that other side that is very uh, self-interested, you know, and drives a lot of the negative behaviors that we have. Um, So those two behaviors are kind of the first rung up the ladder. Well, yeah. And I think the, uh, you know, the second one, Makes me think of a couple of things, right? When we want yeah. to transform our mind to the mind of Christ. Mm. I think, you know, when we become believers, everybody out there listening, right? Our, our human spirit is instantly perfect because it's there with the Holy Spirit. But what ha- our heart, our mind, and our soul have the, has been influenced by the world, by our experiences. It's, been, it's formed this identity, which becomes a really powerful force because Mm. it's all of our life experiences it's everything that maybe has been said to us yeah right like hey you're really good at that you should do more of it so i liked that affirmation so maybe i go down a path to please somebody 
because maybe I don't have a lot of love in my life. I mean, there's, I mean, we can analyze all this, right? But, and there's also that stuff too of, <clears throat> it's just human nature. It's that stuff we think other people think about us, mm. right? Maybe nobody Absolutely. says anything to you, but there's a coach or somebody you really respect or a boss and you made a presentation and they didn't follow up. They didn't make a comment. They just left. You didn't know that maybe they had, you know, a family emergency and they couldn't wait to get out of the room. We right. might interpret that though as, wow, they don't think I'm up to par. So all these things form this identity and we have to strip away it all. It, the thing I got to tell you is I was working on this. It was Ephesians, you know, a lot of us talk about the Ephesians 2.10 calling, mm -hmm. but there's another part of that that says we are Christ's perfect workmanship. Mm. And here's something I had, a, I had to, this was transformational for me, Trevor, I'll never forget. Um, I was sitting down working with my coach as I went through this whole process and everybody listening, I could not have gone through this process without a coach. Mm. I know it's why I actually got into coaching, Trevor. I'm guessing it's why you did. It so is. guys out there listening, find a coach, find a mentor, find a group of men or women that are like-minded that are maybe, you know, in the same messy process that you are, even maybe a step ahead of you, a step behind you, help each other. Um, but I'll never forget, I was with my coach, Jeff Spatafora. And I said to him, Trevor, I said, you know what? I got to figure out how I, this is after my accident and I'm trying to rebuild everything, recreate myself. Mm -hmm. And I said, I have to figure out how I'm wired so I can figure out what I need to do next. Mm. I was so stuck on feeling like I hadn't done the right things. I've been successful at certain things, but I don't know. I just felt like this disconnection. He looked at me and goes, well, man, I think you should ask the question differently. He goes, you need, to, what if you asked yourself, how did God create you? And what did he create you for? Now, that might sound like a subtle shift, but for me, it created this framework of almost two people. That person I saw in the mirror with all its yeah. limitations, flaws, successes, failures, guilt, shame, all that stuff all wrapped into a big, lovable John Teddy boy, <laughs> in my opinion. But also, what is the what did God see when he looked at me? And it was different. And so what I my quest became, Trevor, to close that gap. Mm. to take the, the person the, of who I was today in the present and make the changes, develop the habits so that who I was, was in alignment with who God saw. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was, it was through that and understanding myself and that self-awareness that for me was the key to allow me to really take radical responsibility of my thoughts, my feelings, my actions, how I showed up. And so all these things, I totally agree with you. These two habits that we're talking about right here are absolutely foundational. I've experienced it personally as I've gone through the journey without even, I mean, I didn't have a, you know, a process. But, but what, you took the steps over time. Yeah, and but what you're talking about, I believe, is absolutely like just inspired, given to you, because that's what I found too. Well, I'm glad you said that. I, I wanted to kind of piggyback off something you said about, you know, kind of matching or, or taking the steps to go from the current version of yourself to the version that God has already in mind. And I think that that process requires the involvement of God also, don't you? Um, I mean, in terms of- 100%, 100%. 100%. that's to go through the behaviors, that's behavior number seven, actually, which- intends to basically be an all-encompassing behavior that we, I just call it, be still and know, of course, which is 
the idea of understanding that we have a part in this in this journey of uh, of becoming you know the very best version of a shepherd leader that we can be individually but without the intervention and the pursuit of God's involvement in that process we won't get there and so uh, each of the other six behaviors have to be infused with this idea of being still and knowing that God ultimately is going to give you what you need, but it requires a relationship. It requires you asking and you pursuing God along the way. So I just wanted to add that in there because I think that that in terms of a, you know, a philosophy or a, or a series of behaviors, I think that that behavior drives all others within the process and, and needs to be a part of each of the others in order for each of them to be the best, uh, get the best outcome that they can. Yeah. And well, here's, you know, if, let me ask you a question. If somebody yeah. out there was working with you, you're their coach, they're going through this process. What would be the before and after? If I implemented all seven of these habits, I'm out there, I'm a manager at a company, I'm leading a team, I'm a CEO, or I'm working out of my house as a solopreneur, right? We have this entire broad spectrum of people listening, but mm -hmm. this kind of work, I think is so important, especially right now, but what would that do as they went through and incorporated all this? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, so I think, uh, you know, there's kind of two parts of it. One is on a personal level. Um, and then the other is, is organizationally, you know, and so I think that they're both are important. I mean, personally, it's going to help a person. And I base this all on my own life, you know, because uh, even though I'm far, far from an ideal version of, of the person that God wants me to be, I at least know now the, the challenges involved and have taken steps to try to, you know, understand and remedy them. But I personally have, and I think most people do, most leaders do battle levels of insecurity, challenges with confidence, you know, self-worth, different challenges like that, that even though externally they may be very accomplished and others may, you know, view them as, as having had success. Um, I think that most of the best leaders have put a lot of pressure on themselves to be better and to represent excellence. Um, and that can really breed a lot of, uh, a lot of those negative emotions um, if they don't feel like they're measuring up. And so it's about kind of transforming those feelings into confidence and, and building values into your life that you base your life around that make success uh, have a different definition. And then it makes the rest of your work much more fluid and, and puts you into a state of flow without the internal struggle that happens without that. And then from an organizational standpoint, really it boils down to being a person that the team wants to follow without having to be pushed mm. because of what you're representing and that you want to be the person in the organization that when you show up at work, the team is excited to perform uh, because you, they know that you're their biggest advocate and that you want success for them as much as you do for the organization at large. That They personally mean a lot to you because of who they are and because, you know, they're created in the image of God just, just as you are. 
And I think that that's the ideal outcome of, of going through this process. Um, and so that's kind of what I want people to get uh, personally and then and within their organizations from going through the exercises. That's awesome. And so uh, just share real quick uh, how people can get in touch with you, find you, website, yeah. where to get the book, all those things. Yeah, yeah. So the website is just uh, com. D-R-T-R-E-V-O-R-B-L-A-T-T-N-E-R.com. There's a book tab on the website. You can go and pre-order the book. Uh, the official release date for the book is July the 27th. So um, the electronic version, of course, will be, it'll be available before that, but the hard hard copy will be available in July. And then uh, lots of resources on the website as well. Lots of free things. Um, there's an organizational evaluation you can take um, called the seven attributes of agile growth. You can take that evaluation and it'll kind of tell you the areas of your business that are really working well and those that could use a little, a little improvement. There are also some free videos on there that are kind of a synopsis of the material in the book you can opt in for. Um, and also, of course, I'm on uh, social media, Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, just Dr. Trevor Blotner on all those those places. So awesome. So just as we wrap up, Trevor, what just everybody just listening to this part of the conversation, what final thoughts uh, do you have? Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, that we're in a, a place in the United States now and globally where I think leadership needs to be a value that people are pursuing. And I think that every person can, has the ability to do that. And, you know, the world has weighed us down a bit and politically things have been challenging socioeconomically. Um, you know, the pandemic has been uh, a burden and people uh, need to know that there is a way that they can personally take responsibility for their own lives and transform into the version of themselves that they want to be. Uh, but it does take the resources and it does take the desire and it does take God to be involved in the process. And so I would just love to do any, any part that I can to help one, uh, someone on along that journey. That's fantastic. You know, I, I think that, you know, this topic, I really think, uh, Trevor, that if I'm looking at business and you look at everything too, that's coming out, like from Gallup, if you guys are out there right now, I'd encourage you to go read the book called It's the Manager. If you guys haven't read that, it just reinforces the fundamental what's happening is how business has changed, how we're interacting as humans. When we become that better version of ourselves, that is going to be the hard skills. I truly believe in my heart in business, what that's going to facilitate and the outcomes. Because here's the deal. When you do this for yourself and you become just a little bit better, you can help your spouse careful with that one though you can't don't always want to coach it's your a fine line spouse. yeah you just got to work on yourself so you actually create something attractive there but you can work you can help your kids That's and right. guess what everybody at work you can just you know if you're working on stuff you can just help them be a little bit better a lot of it's just by how you're showing up and i have literally as people if i've worked with people on this concept i have seen organizations completely transform from toxic to welcoming in a 30-day period. Like literally, like it's a different place because it what is you're possible, doing, isn't it? It is possible. I've seen it happen. Some places I've been there for six months to start to turn a ship around and start to make some changes. It was frustrating. I almost like my why am I here? Yeah. 
<laughs> and then uh, I realized why I was there on assignment. It was, there was one person uh, that I was actually meant to really influence. So, uh, but anyway, uh, what a great conversation. So everybody out there, thank you for listening. Uh, just thank you for being part of our community. Just uh, eternal leadership is now, I can't believe it. I just got a notification from LinkedIn. It's been four and a half year or no, five years since I think we had our first episode. Man, congratulations. So, uh, we're just rocking and rolling. So I just appreciate everybody and, uh, connect with Trevor. I'd love for, do you see you guys, uh, just, you know, let's just keep growing and equipping ourselves and then take something that you learned maybe from this podcast and share it with somebody in a conversation, mentor somebody, coach somebody. Let's all today, let's just say, find somebody in your organization. Let's just start at work in your company. They might be senior to you or junior to you. They might be in your department or not in your department and just do one thing to shepherd and serve them. Amen. Right. Something that's going to help them. It's going to maybe help their team and it's going to help the organization and do it selflessly without expecting feedback or kudos or recognition. Let's just do it because that is the heart of Christ. Amen. He didn't do all that to get, to get affirmations. He did it because he cared deeply about people individually. How's that? That's who he was. That's who he was. Yeah. And that's, uh, I think that's where it starts. Be the person that wants to be that, be that shepherd um, day to day. So John, man, thank you so much. Great conversation. Truly appreciate you. Yeah. You too, man. Keep knocking on the live brother. You too. 